my era, my era of coming up, a lot of cats weren't going to school. It was either you had it or you didn't. You know, it was a vibe thing. It was a feel. It was a tone. Welcome to episode 69 of the Base Shed Podcast. My name is Ryan Roberts. Trickfish Amplifiers, trickfishamps.com. Stop by their website, check out their line of cabinets, base heads, and preamps and accessories. I remember talking to the guys at Trickfish, and we were <laughs> we were both geeking out about how we love like little bags and cases for everything. You know, and I just started, I think, playing the minnow, the, the single channel preamp. I'm like, dude, I need a case for this. Like, can we just do like make a little case for this? He's like, oh, yeah, I think that needs to happen. Uh, <laughs> I love the guys over at Trickfish. Stop by trickfishamps.com. Use the promo code at the base shed for 10% off. Double bassists, stop by lemurmusic.com for everything you need for the double bass. Not only everything you need, probably a bunch of stuff you want also. <laughs> everything you want and need for the double bass can be found at lemurmusic.com. Stop by, check it out. Their collection of bows, basses, bass accessories, preamps, and more. Lemurmusic.com. Tsunami cables come with a lifetime guarantee and they look really, really cool. <laughs> then that's, you know, come on, that's the thing. We're all vain. <laughs> TsunamiCables.com. Use the promo code The Bay Shed for 10% off. Stop by the website. Also, check out the V15 preamp. You can listen to my chat with the owner of Tsunami Cables, Keith Sticks, on episode 51 of the Bay Shed podcast. Stop by Tsunami Cables. Use the promo code The Bay Shed and save some money. All right, on the show is electric bassist Rufus Jackson. Rufus has toured and recorded with Alicia Keys. He has also worked with Nas and Angie Stone. In addition, Rufus plays with gospel artist Hezekiah Walker. His work with Hezekiah is uh, really what provoked my interest. I was really curious to speak to a bassist from that culture and style. Rufus uh, will discuss performing with these artists. He'll also speak to some lessons he's learned along the way about how to adapt to different musical scenarios. I think there's a lot of insight there that's that's really beneficial for all musicians. There's also a topic that seems to permeate almost the entirety of our conversation. The topic is the changing of the times. That's a topic that comes up regularly on the podcast. Uh, I loved hearing Rufus's perspective on it. I feel like there's a lot of insight there about how to navigate the changing of the times. Uh, equally important is his perspective on his value system and where the base falls into all that. Uh, that was really inspiring to me, what he had to say. What he, what he had to say that was, was yeah, that was really inspiring. Uh, I had a great time. I had a great time talking with Rufus. And here it is. Here's my talk with bassist Rufus Jackson. Uh, you're in New York right now correct i am yeah nice born and raised uh yeah yeah actually jersey same okay. thing jersey new york yeah uh, okay okay now born i hear it in the accent yeah yeah <laughs> 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 nice nice man i was interested to talk to you uh because gospel playing is such a specific thing and there, i feel like there's no real academic approach to it you're either like came up in it and you got it from being in the culture or yeah. you just sound like you're trying to come up, you know, like you're sounding yeah. like you're trying to do it, but you didn't, it's not in your blood the same way. Yeah. 
So is this was this your experience? You came up playing in church and and in the culture. One thousand percent, exactly. Nice. You nice. hit it right on the head. <laughs> so how old were you when you were? Because uh, I know, like I've done, I've done some of those gigs back in the day, and that's when I realized, like, you either have to come up in it or like you don't have it. Is when I got put on like my first and second gig, you know, yeah. in that thing. And and the church will start them young. I remember like a drummer one time being like 10 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's like the preacher's kid or something, and he was crushing it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Did you get started um, at a young age? Same thing. Yeah. But my situation was more of a come from the drum side of things. Okay. So I started as a young age. I mean, before I could touch both pedals, <laughs> you know, play, playing drums. And, um, you know, I just, from there, I graduated, you know, into the bass, probably late teens. Okay. Late teens. Yeah. Okay. Was, was that at a necessity for the church? Did the church need a bass player? And so you, you hopped on bass or did, did you hear something that really ignited that for you? Um, it was more just inspiration, yeah. influential. You know, I saw some some guys that I were cool with and they were playing bass and I liked what they were doing. And I kind of graduated to it, you know, very, very slowly. Okay. Um, and then, you know, just kind of picked it up from, I guess you can say a necessity. Yeah. You know, there's a ton of bass players now, but back in the day, they weren't as, you know, it was more drummers and keys than it was, you know, you know, right. top bass players. So, right. yeah, that's how that kind of went down. Okay. Okay. And so this is late teens. And then when, after you picked up the instrument, how long till you started kind of working on it, uh, working, you know, professionally on the bass or even like how long till you started getting together with dudes and playing in garages or sessions or whatever? Yes. I never, I never really did that. So, um, my whole thing, you know, I'm a PK, so I'm a okay. PK kid. Okay. So, you know, I've been playing a long time and playing with other, you know, if you want to say dudes, you know, whatever yeah. guys or cats, you know, in the church at my pop's church. Yeah. Um, but then I didn't really come through that whole, you know, garage, you know, playing and playing around the neighborhood and sessions yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. It was just, I kind of got plucked out and, and plopped in and plucked out and plugged <laughs> in there. And, you know, you, you get, you get plopped in with the right people you know, you kind of ride this wave, you know, yeah. connection to connection. Sure. Um, so it was, it was pretty, I was pretty uh, fortunate in those areas. Okay. Okay. And then, yeah. um, so did you ever pursue music or the bass in any kind of academic setting to just get some knowledge? What I love about gospel cats is like specifically organ players. They drop all these changes, like all these changes. And it's just like, what, 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 exactly. what, what? And exactly. the, the dudes that come from like the highbrow schools don't even play stuff that hip. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, so it's like this, they just hear it. They just feel it. And it's very much this kind of, uh, you know, you just do it vibe. Yeah. Um, did you ever pursue any kind of institutionalized study? Uh, to answer your question straight, no. Okay. But I always, I always wanted to, I always, um, desired to do it, but yeah. my career moved professionally so fast. That's great. So, so quickly. Yeah. Um, I can't say I didn't have the time to do it, but what I was known for, I was, already good at and then my era 
my era of coming up, a lot of cats weren't going to school. Right. It was either you, like you said, like you mentioned at the top, either you had it or you didn't. You right. know, it was a vibe thing. It was a feel. It was a tone. Um, now everyone's going to school and everyone's educated, you know, but yeah. when I was, I'm 47. So when I okay. was coming up, um, you know, eighties, early nineties, it was either you had the feel, yeah, you know, had the tone, um, or you didn't. Right. You know? And so that's what I studied. I studied mimicking records, other guys, and I always picked up the feel and the vibe um, yeah. of it. And that was my education. Man. I love it. I love it. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm so passionate about that approach to education and and that approach to being a student because you can you can institutionalize the thing and go back and break it all down and like here's what some jazz guy did on these chord changes mm-hmm. or but it's it's not the same and i i feel right. like there's an element and i'd love to hear your thoughts on this about dudes even playing younger guys playing that it's they're in this like anti-social style of playing it's not mm-hmm. a cohesive band situation. It's a, uh, okay, let me do this till I get my turn to play a bunch of notes. Then I'm going to play all my bunch of notes and then just kind of wait it out till I get to do that on the next tune. And it's not this social, we're all in this together to create one big, uh, yeah. you know, the yeah. feel together. Correct. Um, and it's funny that you say that. I mean, it, to, to just add to what you're saying, personally for me, if I was just starting out right now to play bass, yeah, I wouldn't be a bass player because mm. I'm not really, I'm not, I love the guys now. They're, they're incredibly talented, incredibly yeah. talented. But again, the way I came up, I'm not as inspired by a lot of guys. Right. Today. I, I won't say guys. Let me, let me not like pinpoint that, but just the sound, the sound. Yeah. I'm not as inspired. I love it and I like it and I respect it but I won't sit there for hours mesmerizing to, to play like that. Like I did when I was younger, because they just had a certain feel. Now it's a, it's, it's not as fluid. It's Mm -hmm. more choppy. It's like you said, it's my turn, Yeah, you know, and this and that. And so, you know, I don't knock it. It's just, it's, it's what it is now. It's a changing, it's it's a changing of the times for sure. Yeah. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. Me, I'm a I'm a tone guy. Yeah. You know, um if you if you could play a thousand notes or just be phenomenal on bass, but if your tone is not right, yeah, you're not really gonna connect my attention. Right, right. Yeah, it's that and I think there's and I'm sure you'd agree with this, the uh the the genius to me of a bass player comes from making everybody else sound good, right? That's our role is to literally mm-hmm. lay a foundation. We sound great by letting them sound great, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I agree with you though. All these guys doing all the fancy stuff. It's fun to watch for a minute. Um, and as a bass player, I can respect the time and energy it took to get that together. Like, Oh man, yeah. that's, that's a lot of dedication. And I, yeah, I understand what that the work that went into that. I respect that, um, but it, it doesn't have a swagger. It doesn't have a thing. It doesn't. I don't put it on. You know, like if yeah. I, <laughs> that's 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 kind of a that's a big test for me. You know, like am I going to put yeah. this on and listen to it in my free time? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, it's like <laughs> a museum piece or something. Like I'll go look at it, but then I drive home and I'm done. 
Yeah. I mean, and again, you know, uh, these guys now, they, they're amazing. You know, a lot of them, you know, my peers, they're they're just incredible players. And, you know, I enjoy listening to them. Um, uh, and I, and I do listen to them when I, and I I dig it. But again, if I was, if I was to be an aspiring bass player now, I probably would pick something else up. Yeah. What would it be? What's, what's your like backup? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I always want to, I, 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 I think I, I love keyboard, you yeah. know, I don't play, Okay. you know, um, but I, I always wanted to, Yeah. you know, so that, what's I'm the fascination? More, what's the fascination? Like, I, I think I'd be a saxophone player. I'd love to feel what it feels like to just do your thing on top of a band, you know, like play the other side of the bandstand. I'm, right, I'm captivated right. by that. Um, I just think the equipment is cooler. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can you can i mean what do we have we have we have, i mean let's take away key bass right we have yeah. we have the electric bass we can go four five six yeah you can go a cool you can go acoustic and then where, where else we're going right you right. know with keys you have the organ you yeah. have the mains you have the aux player you know what i mean you have right. in the, you know you can have like four or five keyboards and yeah. <laughs> you know and, and we're the only ones that when we travel on gigs you know we got to bring our equipment keyboards they just show up and it's right. on the back line <laughs> right right especially if you're an organ player like it's already there we yeah. in the airport lugging stuff <laughs> oh man <laughs> drummers they take too much energy i used to be i used to be a drummer but there's just too much energy because of the gear? all around and all that. No, oh, just playing. Just, oh yeah, yeah. I know. I That's got, a lot of. I got lazy sitting back playing. <laughs> <laughs> all good, man. All yeah, good. Uh, so yeah. you're in your late teens. You pick up the bass. You talked about your career accelerating quick, quickly. What were some of the big uh, kind of landmarks in those early days for you? Man. Um, my first one is uh, right from my dad's church. I got put on through uh, the current drummer who I rock with now. His name is Jeffrey Leslie. Okay. He introduced me to the Hezekiah Walker gig. Yeah. Right off the bat, got on that gig, played one of his, probably one of his, one of his most famous records, Power Belongs to God. Okay. Um, played on that album. Is that um, the, is that the album that's all gray, like different shades? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That was the first exactly. one of his I bought, actually. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. So I played Power Belong to God. Um, that was, uh, that kind of put my name through, you know, the community. Yeah. Um, and um, from there, maybe probably less than a year or maybe a year from that record dropping, um, I was working with a guy named Andre Gill and got put on Alicia Keys gig. Okay. Um, and from Alicia Keys, you know, everything changed from there. Right. You know, that was a wonderful run, you know, about three and a half, close to four years with that. The whole song, the A minor one. Okay. You played um, that whole record? No, I played uh, The Life. Song okay. called The Life on it. Okay. A lot of the record was already done. Yeah. Um, the song's A minor. When she, yeah. when she became an artist, she did a lot of those songs, I believe, when she was younger, too. Okay. Um, but I played the life and from there working through her, uh, I got a slew of other, you know, top line records with Christina Aguilera, Nas, Mario. Okay. You know, so things took, you know, it went, you know, from my dad's church to Hezekiah Walker to Alicia. And then, you know, I've been moving ever since. Love it. Love it. Were dudes, did you have similar guys on each tour? Were the bands hiring like kind of the crew or were they hiring individuals? individuals. As you would move from, okay. 
Yeah, individuals, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Man, I remember when that Alicia Keys record came out. That was uh I yeah, remember back falling. then. Yeah. I mean, there's still yeah. those some of those tunes have just become kind of standards. Like uh yeah. you just play every R and B gig now. Like that's just yeah. what it is. Uh what year was that? What year did that record come out? Oh man, let's say ninety eight, ninety nine? Ninety nine, two thousand. Okay. Around there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Ninety nine. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking when I first listened to it, I didn't like the drum programming. I thought there was too yeah. much kick drum on it. Yeah, so there's yeah, like yeah. this kick drum is like going nonstop, <laughs> <laughs> but her voice, you know, yeah. the tunes are fantastic. Yeah. Um, she was different all the way around. Everything about her. She was just different. Yeah. She was just different. Yeah. That time you, frame. you still work with her? No, I did. Uh, after we did about five tours again, about three and a half years, she took a long break, um, between songs of a minor and the diary album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then things switched up a little bit, and then I came. I took off from playing for for some time, and then I came full circle back with. I've been with he- back with Hezekiah Walker for some time now. Okay, okay. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Um, was there some kind of family tragedy or personal thing, or you wanted to reassess? What was what was no, the sabbatical they just, about? They just switched up. They yeah. switched up. Yeah. Okay. Okay, but but you were still playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I, I misunderstood. I thought you took a break from playing in general, like in your life. You just stopped. Oh, oh, I thought you meant from the Alicia situation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? No, 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 no. So let's let's rewind a little bit. Um, I did. I no family thing or anything. Um, that's probably a whole nother podcast to <laughs> to, to to explain, you know, where I was at that time. But um I just took about two, two and a half, maybe three years. Okay. Away from just playing bass, period. Like I literally put the instrument down. Really? And just yeah, just got into other things, got real heavy in the production. Okay. Um, and it didn't after a while it just didn't inspire me anymore, you know, playing. Yeah. Um that that whole fallen run with Alicia was just so intense. Like we were really moving and it was a lot of playing. Uh, a lot of traveling worldwide. And uh, when I came back, it was just, you know, I just kind of wanted to do something different. Um, had nothing to do with music. It just uh, no tragedy, no, no nothing. Just as a man. Just, just a little, to, did you get a little burnout of the same show? Uh, so no. repetitiously? No, I just wanted to like. See what else was up. Grow, grow as a man, just as a person, yes. just life period. Yeah. You know, family, all that good stuff. Just family, okay. just kind of, just kind of build, you yeah. know, then I came back, you know, and then been playing with heads ever since. Nice. Nice. Um, oh, wow. Has that been pretty steady since everything's been opening back up? You got some yeah, tours we, coming up? Good. Um, no tours, but we are uh, rehearsing for recording at the end of oh. the year. Okay. I believe in September. Okay. The uh, whole choir, recording. the big deal. Yeah, it should be a good situation. He hasn't recorded in a while, so this should be a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good situation. A live album, nice yeah. live album, nice. Yeah. Now, when it's not a live album, when it's, when it's in the studio, how does he get that big sound? Does, is it multi-tracked? Is it everybody in their live? Are you doing multiple takes, or is it one take with everybody? What's the process for for his records? Um, I believe they're all, I haven't done a, a, a studio session with him in a while. Um, 
but I believe the last two records, which I wasn't a part of, um, uh, they're all in the studio at the same time. Okay. I believe. Okay. Yeah. When he did his last two records, I was still on the road. Okay. When they recorded them. Yeah. Who are you? Who were you at with then? I was with Alicia. Oh, okay. Oh, it's been that yeah, long, man. Those were those were, those records were already. I believe those records were already done. Um, and the latest one, uh, I had broke my hand. I was supposed oh, to be oh, on a single. Oh, <laughs> what happened? What happened, man? And I broke my. Long, listen, we got two or three podcasts. We got to do to tell my stories. <laughs> man, okay, let's talk about this I for a second because I hand. broke. This is this happened like. No, it's been a while now, maybe like eight years ago or something. But I broke a glass doing the dishes and cut cut between my index finger and my second finger on my right hand. Like really wow. bad. Bleeding, wow. like I lost a lot of blood, almost passed out. Um, I had to get like stitches on the palm side and the outer side. And I had an existential crisis. Like the whole time I'm freaking out, like, will I be able to play again? What, yeah. Am I going to have mobility? Yeah. Like, am I going to have right. full feeling? Yeah. How did how did this feel for you? Break it. Which hand did you break? Left or right? Right. Okay. Fourth metal carpal bone, right down the middle. Oh. Yeah. We had just came back from Africa with Hezekiah Walker. Mm-hmm. Um and um uh I don't get to play. I didn't I always play I'm a baller. I play okay. basketball, I'm a hooper. So okay. I always used to play on a weekend. Okay. So I never used to uh have the opportunity to play on the weekdays yeah, yeah. Uh, with the guys. So we came back like on a Sunday. And so I was available to play on a Monday. So I said, let me go to this gym on Monday. You know, I haven't been able to play with them on a Monday. Went there. The floor was a little slippery. Pump fake the guy. He went up in the air. Big muscle dude came down right on my head oh. and broke it. Boom. And uh, we were rehearsing for the single better. For Hezekiah Walker. Okay. And broke my hand. I think probably, don't quote me on this, but maybe like four or five weeks later, they recorded the album and I'm in a cast. I remember you still when played I told it? Them, yeah, no, I didn't play it. Oh, okay, um, okay. Okay, yeah, they got yeah, somebody yeah. else. One I was of my say. Peers, yeah, one of yeah. my peers had to Man. play it, but that was, uh, that was a lucky break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, how how you feeling now? How did it come back? Did you? Oh, I'm you, good now. Yeah. It was very scary. Um, of course, it was very scary during and after my cast came off. During, I can't say I was depressed, but you know the stories of because I wasn't gonna get surgery. Okay. Um, he was like, you know, if you don't get surgery, it's when it heals. You know, your hand is gonna be, you know, not right. You yeah. know, so we elect to get the surgery and to the chance of you playing again, you know, we don't know. We have to see. Oof. So during that time, I was a little thrown off mentally, of course. you know, and, you know, it was the first time I ever broke any bones. So being in the cast, it was just kind of like you had all these thoughts in your, in your yeah. head or whatever. Um, but the real challenge came when they um, when they took the cast off and uh, probably my first two or three gigs coming back, I thought. This is not going to happen. My hand, my, my the whole forearm was stiffening up when I play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because those strings obviously is, is you know, it's tension. Yeah. You know? Right. And so when you break your hand, all those ligaments going up through this forearm is yeah. affecting. Of course. You know, so I, I had a, I had a really hard time. And you now. Know, a lot of therapy. What, um, if I understand this correct, and I hope I do because I've been teaching it for years. <laughs> uh, 
the the index finger and the middle finger each have a tendon, and then you know your finger, your ring finger, and your pinky share a tendon. That's probably true. Okay, uh, I think that's kind of the makeup of the hand, and uh, only I would talk about that when building hand strength to students and stuff. So it was your ring finger that you that was really got messed up. No, this one next to the pinky. Okay, yeah. But you know what? No, let's. Say it was. It was. It was the bone on was this the bone. on this one here. But however, even even now, like it's actually these two fingers. This ligament that's going here is really that are connected to a, your index and middle. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, still get tight. Oh yeah. 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 Hmm. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you do exercises? How do you? How do you do, work I mean, around? it doesn't. It doesn't bother me crazy. Okay. But if I'm playing for an extended period of time and I'm I don't stretch, you know, yeah. or whatever, it will depending on how much it'll you know, tighten up. Um, yeah, it'll 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 freeze on me mid gig. How, how did this change <laughs> the action on your base? Did you lower the action on your base after this? Oh, my my the action on my base. I'm old school. Okay, I'm so, old, so yours is high school. already. So, no, 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 no. Backwards. Back in oh. the day, my action is like Buzz is our friend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Buzz is our friend. Okay. Oh man, because I'm I'm a very um to segue into something else, I'm a very yeah. rhythmic player. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not really melodic. Okay. Um as as melodic as a lot of guys today. Wow. Um so I get that thump and that percussive tone from having that low action and that buzz. I see I always the action on my electric is on the low side of moderate, maybe. Uh, but then my upright, it's a little higher. And I remember, I mean, this is years ago. I think Ethan Farmer sat in on my bass one time mm-hmm. and he just was not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't dig it at all. Like Ethan couldn't get his thing out, uh, you know, all the, all the slap situation on my bass. And we were joking around about it afterwards. Um, and so I kind of just assumed to get that big sound with all the slap and stuff, the action was higher. I, yeah. I thought it would. I thought you wouldn't get the same percussive nature with the lower action. Well, no, that's where it is. Oh, that boom, 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 that bass drum. That's yeah. that. That's. I mean, I know yeah, you can get like really sharp they, snaps if it's lower, but like to dig in with the thumb, I always thought it was a little bit higher. No, oh. I play hard too. Okay, I play okay. hard. Yeah, nice. I guess it's. The, I guess it's a balance of technique when you're doing it so long. Yeah, you know, it becomes second nature. Sure. Um, to 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 where that tone is because it can be you'll have guys that'll pick my bass up and they they may feel like the action is too low it may be a little sloppy yeah but that's that's perfect for me okay you know it's it's like I play hard but light at the same time right like so you, you've you got some intensity but you're not overdriving the instrument yeah because that's yeah. that's the delicate balance is like really getting after it and dig it in but not overdriving the instrument because then the yeah, notes don't speak. My friend. <laughs> uh, you oh, play yeah. a bass mods, right? Yeah, bass mods exclusively. How long? Uh, how long you been with them? It's a big question. I'm terrible with years, man. Um, That's because 2020 didn't exist. Like that threw the whole. You know what I mean? Like we just fast forwarded all that. I've been with bass mods. Ah, I could be wrong, but I want to say four, five, four or five years. Okay. Yeah. It's been, it's were, been a long time. What were you playing before them? Warwick. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was that's in Northway Warwick. That's a name I don't hear a lot anymore. I remember them being huge in like their late 90s. 
Yep. That's when, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's when you're with them. <laughs> I, I got I got the endorsement with uh, when I was with Alicia. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What's the rig? What's the, what amp you playing? Right now, um, I'm endorsed with uh, Phil Jones bass. Yeah, I you like know, their stuff. Prior to them, it was all Aguilar, but um, okay. I'm in, I'm endorsed with uh, Phil Jones now. Very, cool. very, very good uh, amplification. Yeah, yeah, I checked out his stuff. I'm interested in this stuff because of all the small stuff they make that are great for like small jazz gigs. Like, yeah, that's that's what kind kind of got me hooked. Um, yeah. And then I met him at Nam a few years ago, and like got to play through yeah. the stuff. And he's telling me all about it. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of amazing, it. yeah, amazing. Uh, Aguilar just sold, didn't they? Aguilar, oh, I don't know. Did I, they? I think so. I heard about that. Like Aguilar sold to somebody. I'm out the loop. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm like moderately in the loop. Like I hear things, and but I don't ever research it. I don't have the time to. You know, yeah. I got things yeah. to do. I can't spend my time researching did Aguilar so. whatever um okay so after after alicia you take a little bit of a break you get back into it was it then uh hezekiah exclusively or were you still touring with some other acts no hezekiah hezekiah exclusively um you know i'm comfortable there i like it there again i don't i don't move around much in the the local community like open mics and things like that i don't really yeah, I don't really do that much. So it's, it, it works very comfortable. Cool. Um, decent profile, high profile gig. Yeah. You know, still, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good what kind me. of, I mean, does he, does he tour churches? Does he tour performing arts centers? What are, what are the nature of those tours? Um, all the above, really. Okay. Um, it's nothing. The good thing I like about playing for him um, is, you know, when you get older, you know, you just, <laughs> it's just a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and so, so it kind of works. He he does everything that's at a certain level. You okay. Know? So it's still churches, but we're not doing like, you know, right? Some utility you know room. What I'm it's yeah, all, yeah, it, yeah. It's all it's all at a certain level. Whether it's conference, whether it's a uh, you know a main show or a radio show or anything, it's always you know he does all the above, but it's always at a certain level, which is which is great, you know. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, and the maturity of the music. I love the maturity of the music. Yeah. 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 When does he write? Does he have an MD he writes with? What's what's kind of the nature of how this music gets generated? In terms of his. Uh, his of what he records. Yeah. His albums and what you guys are playing out on the tour. Yeah, He has he has writers. Um, I believe they send them songs, send them records. And, okay. you know, uh, if it's something he likes, then they come. They'll come and introduce it. Okay. Um, the music director, Jules Bartholomew, uh, amazing writer. Nice. You know, so he's always on the record. Um, he wrote a lot of his top hits. Um, but yeah, so he doesn't really like sit there and, and, and write a whole song type situation. He has, you know, songs that people uh, send to him, you yeah. know, and he'll listen. And if he likes it, then he'll add his, you know, his element that takes it to the next level. Sure. You know, he, you know, what he brings to the table of any song just makes it what, you know, what it is. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Um, from spending so much time with the Hezekiah and, and playing on the records and touring with somebody who's in the gospel genre and you yourself come from that. Um, mm-hmm. how, what was it like? Was it a culture shock to be out on the road? on some of these just R and B tours that are high profile, they could get a little, uh, 
rowdy, for the lack of a better word? You mean like when I went to Alicia? Yeah, Alicia and some of those other <laughs> sessions Dang. you did, or like, I mean, I remember, I remember when I first got to LA, the dude who engineered uh, Chronic and Doggy Style was calling me for sessions, and I get to the, I get to the studio, and it was, it was a scene. It was a scene. Yeah. Like you're just walking into the studio and like, oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's that's yeah. something else. I I tell you, I, I if I'm gonna be really honest with you, um it was a huge coming from you know that Brooklyn sound, Hezekiah mm-hmm. Walker, young dude. Like I told you, I didn't come through this whole slow journey. I got right. plucked and plopped, right? So, <laughs> so, which was, a, you know, which was very fortunate, you know? Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. But let me tell you something, man. Um, it was a huge culture shock yeah. going into the Alicia Keys gig. I mean, I probably, I probably got fired about four or five times without getting fired. Easy. And I tell all, a lot of young guys, man, like, <laughs> When I tell you, I got Andre Gill, man, if he ever listens to this, he know a couple, many times after rehearsal, come here, let me talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I'm coming right from Power Belongs, Power Belongs to God, yeah, you, know, yeah. and, you know, that whole gospel thing and making yeah. everybody move. I mean, you get, you get to that high profile gig like Alicia, man. Nah, man. Cut right. that out. Well, and her sound is not that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, her sound, like, especially that song, like, uh, Songs in the Key A minor, like, that's pretty loungy, chill. Like, there's some, oh, there's obviously man. pocket on it, but it's, it is not a high energy, like, get people stomping. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's, it's not all that. It's a different level of just professionalism, mm-hmm. maturity to your instrument. Sure. You know, and as a professional, you know, um, you know, let's go back to when we first started the conversation, we were talking about sometimes it feels like, oh, when is it my turn? You yeah, know, yeah. the chop. But when you get to a situation like it was with Alicia, it was more like you're accompanying an artist. Right. You're, you're played the record. Yeah. You know, yeah. but, you know, in some local situations, if you play the record, then you're tagged <laughs> as corny, whack. Yeah. You're not good enough. Un- uncreative. Nobody. It's uninspiring exactly. to the people that you're playing with. Like, exactly. you know, we've all played this tune a thousand times. They're not giving me anything to work with. Let's not go with that guy again. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And so it was a major culture shock. I had to really retrain, mm-hmm. with, you know, in order to, you know, sustain my, my job there. Yeah. Um. How to be in this environment you know, and adapt right. to, to a different. So my whole approach to my tone, my sound, my feel, listening to others, playing along with others, um, you know, really shaped who I am today, to be honest with you. Um, and it's, it's been my biggest blessing, but it's also been my Achilles heel because Hezekiah Walker is very disciplined to the hundredth power. Okay. okay. He don't. He don't want a lot of movement. He okay. loves groove. You know. You know. It's it's different from like playing with Alicia, but in the gospel context, once you got that group, stay right there. Okay. And let it feel good. You yeah. Know, yeah. No, don't just go off on your own tangent and doing what you want to do. He'll right. give you a. He'll give you a look. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So coming from that, which you had to be disciplined, then going to a leash, which you had to like a whole different game, mm-hmm. you know, that's been my career. Yeah. So when I go, if I have to play, someone asks me to come and, and fill in for something and I hear everyone is playing great, but to me it's chaotic. Ah, it's really, so it's kind of reshaped how you even are listening and interpreting it now. Absolutely. Ah. And I just want to play the music. Yeah. yeah. But I don't, I don't fit. I don't. And that's probably why, you know, and it's an Achilles heel because I should be a lot more creative, you know, than I am. But, you know, to me, it doesn't really, you know, I leave that for the younger guys now. Yeah. <laughs> I do what I do. <laughs> I do. I do what I do. And, and, you know, and that's that. But, um, uh, yeah, that, that's been my career. Just very disciplined playing. Even the music directors that I came under, they were just very intentional yeah. about playing the record. And that's how I, that's how my, how, how I'm wired. Yeah. I was curious about that because it is easy to listen to the gospel sound and think that everybody knows the framework of the tune, but then everybody's still kind of playing loose on it. But mm-hmm. but what you're saying is like you're when you tour and when you're when you're playing with Hezekiah, you're you're copping the record like pretty pretty tight. Or do you have oh, yeah. some some wiggle room in there? You do, do a you do small w- percentage. You know what? You do have wiggle room. Um, but like for instance, we we we're, we're rehearsing for a live album in September. Okay, now, I'm going to be playing the records. Cool. So so the time that I have to be creative is now. Yeah. yeah. Because once it's printed, that's what he wants to hear. That makes sense. Right. Right. So if I'm playing on his shows now, I'm, I have to kind of, yeah, yeah, you better slip it in and like, Oh, hope that yeah. yeah. (laughs) Get him to sign up on it early. (laughs) Exactly. There you go. So (laughs) the the time, what what you're going to do, to put your vibe in it, to put your your stamp in it, your signature, your do voice, it. is the time to do it now. Mm. So that when the album comes out, it's on the record. That's right. what we're doing. Yeah, and that's you're already just... in your loose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So that's how that works. <laughs> when you when you went back to Hezekiah after Alicia and you had learned this, you know, you got it handed to you a few times and like you came back with this different perspective. Did he notice that? Did he recognize it? Like, oh man, there's something, something's a little different. You're, you're coming at this music a little differently. Um, I don't know if he noticed it. Um, because I was working with him for so long prior to, it was just like, yeah, come home. You know, I, I just came a welcome home. back hang. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, and I've always had this discipline approach anyways. I, I okay. mean, that's how I came up. I came up again. What's in my system. Yeah. What's in my blood is that, feel that vibe, that groove, stay right there. You yeah. know, 16 bars, you playing, you know, you yeah. laying in it and making it feel good, you know? So I've always had this disciplined nature anyway. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, Alicia is just a whole different level of it mm-hmm. that you had to kind of like. Right. Really, yeah. really, really <laughs> fall in line with. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a, those are, those are big you know, tours, and that to, was a big record. On, yeah, and to add on, what I really learned was the choreography of what we're playing. So, hmm. for instance... I like that Alicia, word choice. Yeah, so with Alicia, it's like, for the drummer and everybody, you had to hit this 
10 inch splash at this exact time because that's a cue for the dancers. Yeah. My slide is a cue for the drummer. So you have to play the exact same, not just just playing the record. You have to play the continuity of it, the texture of it, all certain thing a keyboard player may do is triggering the lighting guy in the back to, you know, so it was this yeah. whole machine. You're playing the show. To work in, yeah. in tandem. Right. So that's just a whole nother level than just playing a record. It's like you're responsible for cues. Yeah. You know, and what you're playing. So it was right. cool. It's cool. It also seems kind of intimidating. Like that's a lot of <laughs> like, if I miss this slide, like the backup singer is not going to come in with the tambourine or some whatever. And then the whole memory. thing's off know, and you know Alicia what? fires me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dinosaur, so I don't know if it's like that now. I mean, it was like that yeah. back in 2000, you know, 2000. I don't know what they're doing now. Yeah, but, I mean, you know. I would, I don't know either. Uh, I'm actually kind of curious to talk to Adam Blackstone about like how these big tours are going and yeah. like what the nature yeah. of all that is. And in my mind, it's click. Like everybody's just on click. You know, yeah. like uh, yeah. a, a friend of mine, Dre Bowman, the great bass player for Black Eyed Peas now does programming for Gaga. And I remember last time I saw him was a couple of years ago, but he told me he was doing programming for Gaga. And I'm like, dude, programming? Why aren't you playing? He's like, man, I got to just hang off stage and like sit with a laptop. It's kind of killing. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, all right, exactly. all right, cool, cool. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, everything is so dialed and I'm, I'm sure they all have, you know, something going, going on in their ears that they have to respond to. Sure, you know, sure. or it somebody depends on the artist and the on a talk the back. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, sure. Do you guys have any of that on the Hezekiah tour? Like MD on a talk back, giving you cues while you're playing, or you just have the music so internalized? Yeah, in- yeah. internalized. Um, you know, it's it's he could pull a song out, you know, out of his head, and you either you okay. know it, you don't know it, crash and burn. <laughs> you know, so. You know, so you just got to know it. His catalog is pretty, you know, extensive. So, um, but yeah, we, we're pretty much dialed in. We've been playing for years, you know, the guys, very family oriented. Yeah. So especially me and the drummer, you know, okay. we, we kind of like, we don't have to look at each other and we're, we're, we're pretty locked. connected. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty, pretty locked in. Uh, since he has a, an extensive catalog of tunes do you spend any time going back and freshening up some of like the super old stuff or is it just he calls it okay yeah i got it um yes and no not definitely not like i should yeah <laughs> you know because it's just too much yeah he's got yeah. He, it's oh he's got he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of records Okay. But again, I'm, you know, it's not that difficult because I've been playing it with him for so long. Sure. You know, um, you know, if he pulls out something that's that's really left, I'm already familiar with it. Yeah. So just like the MD calling out like some blanket, you know, numbers or whatever, I'll fall right in. You know, yeah. it's not a big okay. deal. You know. Okay. But he didn't fake it till you make it. Yeah, he doesn't do that live, just call these audibles. Like you go in with the set list for the tours and you're going to play the show or does he, does he just, is he pretty free in the live uh, concert? <laughs> free with a capital F. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was, there was no set that, list. That could that go was, a couple different ways. <laughs> that, that was, that was, that was, that was, uh, that would be amazing if we yeah. had a set list. No, sure. it's, it's, it's be ready, man. 
yeah. be ready. I mean, the first probably first three three to four or five numbers are pretty, you know, systematic. Okay. Yeah, you know, but after that fourth song, yeah, just <laughs> be, <laughs> hold on, <laughs> be, be ready, be yeah. ready. Yeah. What about the closing? Yeah. I feel like closing a concert is probably just as important as the, the material you're going to open up with. Does he have the um, the kind of back end of the concert pretty buttoned up to like how he's going to finish it? Maybe there's an encore, whatever, something with the choir. It's all going to be yeah. kind of choreographed. The very beginning and the, and the ending is pretty systematic. It's the body. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the body, depending yeah, on the, 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 the vibe, the audience, what they catching on, sure. you know, some songs can go, eight, 10 minutes, you know, just bobbing on it, depending on the audience, where we are, what region we're in. Sure. You know, sure. and some songs, some older songs may have hit in a certain region when it first came out a little harder. So he may bring that back or, right. you know, something like that. So, yeah. And I mean, yeah. I feel like and I would obviously love to hear your thoughts on this. I feel like that music is such a reflection of the church experience. Meaning that, uh, you know, like when I was listening to that record that that came out, the Hezekiah record, I was also checking out a lot of Fred Hammond, um, a lot of Kirk Franklin, a lot of those dudes that were like really at the top during that time of that thing. And it's just calling stuff out, you know, and like giving direction in real time as it's happening, you know, almost like listening to a James Brown tune. And he's just going to sit on this groove until he yep. tells the band to go to a bridge. Um, yep. It's it's very and then playing those gigs, it's very much like that. Like you're here until whoever's in charge, if you're following the preacher and you're playing behind him or it's the MD giving you cues, you're just you're here till you're told otherwise. Correct. And, and there's. There's a lot of who knows where it's ever going to go. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, you know, it, it, all, it all depends on how how you grew up. Yeah. And, in that, you know, to where, you know, you're always going to have someone giving direction, but it's so it's you, you vibe with it and you're so connected to it. It's not really you're not really sitting there waiting for a call. You kind of can almost anticipate, sure. you know, yeah, yeah. Um, nowadays, which is really amazing. Almost everybody in the band, like these younger guys, they're so incredible. Um, I just say younger guys. I mean, just just the era, this this era right now is just. Everybody in the band can pretty much call shots. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, like a bass player can call out the drum. You, you have nowadays, you have the drummers calling the numbers, right? You know, and they say go to the go to the three, go to the yeah, four, yeah, yeah. six. You know, ride the one. You know, the drummers <laughs> yeah. there playing. You know, uh, so everybody's kind of call, calling shots now. Um, you know, which is which is really cool. It wasn't like that when we were coming up. You had one guy giving direction. Right. You know, and you follow that that direction, you know, and it's funny. I'm terrible. I'll be I'll be on a follow. I'm terrible with church music, man. <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm terrible. Okay. okay. Church music, this, is, this is hilarious. I'm, You're touring with Hezekiah. What are you talking about? You're terrible. Nah, this is what you gospel, do. Gospel songs. I'm good. Okay. But, 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 but like <laughs> backing up, like you saying, like backing up a preacher and yeah, like yeah. church music and nah, don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is it? Where's the, where's the disconnect? I'm so interested you know in this. What? I, it just never really, 
And I'm a PK. Yeah. I, I'm a PK, but I just, it just never, like, I know it. Right. But not enough to, like, these young guys now, this era, they, 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 they can play that church stuff. Like, they yeah. be slamming. Right. Like, that's not, and you know what it is? I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. I think I'm overly, overly disciplined. Mm. Sure. You know, the way I'm, the way I move. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like all of that audibles inside yeah. the song. Right. I don't like that. Yeah. Like too much is just too much. I think that comes with age. Like I was doing a gig last Saturday with the singer. I work with a lot and do some you know, light coastal touring with, um, and we had a sub piano player and a sub drummer and they were young guys. Like the venue didn't even know if the drummer was old enough to drink the drink he was already drinking. Uh, and he, he looked super young. And, um, and the music went somewhere else that night. The same book, same collection of tunes. Yep. The singer doing it the same way. But the music went somewhere else because these guys had this like young, investigative, playful thing about it, which was fun. But in the back of my mind, it was frustrating me because they weren't actually playing the tune. Yeah. You know, like you're not playing yeah. the tune. Do you know the tune? Like what you're doing yeah. is fine. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it, cool. Yeah. But do you know the tune? Like do that after you play the tune. And I feel yeah. me and the singer were talking about it uh, after the gig. And I don't know if that's an age thing because you grow up and you have more responsibilities in life and you just recognize responsibility and do your job. Like that must be it. <laughs> because like, because I remember talking to the singer, I'm like, dude, do you think we were like that? He's like, oh yeah, we were 100% like that. I was like, okay. man, I got to okay. send an apology email to anybody I've ever played with before I was 37 years old. Um, listen, but, uh, but I think I've been kind of like sitting with that since we did that gig. And I think it's that, I think we, we grow up in the world and we just deal with responsibilities and that, that connects musically where you just want to do your responsibility before you have fun. Listen, I, I, I'm so comfortable now saying, Man, you nice letting someone else take it. <laughs> yeah. And be like, because these guys today, I'm telling you, these guys today are phenomenal. I love listening to them. I just, yeah. it just, it, like, I wait to the quiet things. Yeah. That's, these are the songs that they're singing. I'll yeah. play that. All that freelance stuff. Yeah. Not for me. Not for my, <laughs> my, my nerves can't take it. <laughs> I mean, that's, I don't know when it kind of shifted. Like, when did the gospel chops thing really, hit the radar in a public sense. I mean, you're coming up in the church, so it's always been there, you know, yeah. for you. Uh, but it really got popularized. I don't know. What, mid-90s, maybe? Where it really, like this idea <sighs> and this almost tagline of gospel chops took on a yeah. whole other thing. Yeah, I think, it, I think it happened with certain artists and it getting on wax. Mm. You know, anything that's printed, that's going to take the influence. Yeah, yeah. It's always it's always been there. But when these new artists started coming out that were a little bit more pushing the envelope. Yeah. Those musicians that were on it, they were setting the trend. Yeah. OK. So okay. Now that trend, you bring in that trend into the church. Right. And now you're inspiring all the new cats that's coming up. And yeah. then another record comes out and then another record. Yeah. You know, let's say like um, like Ty Tripper. Phenomenal. Yeah. 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 Phenomenal. They set a whole nother trend of just like that whole sound check and just I caught him you know. once in LA. Uh I think Chris Coleman was playing drums. I forgot the name of the bass player, but he was this young dude, like 24. 
Yeah. 24 years old, just crushing it. Like crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. playing that, all and, kinds and of so stuff. You, you know, like, damn. You, you listen to that at home, you listen to it, and then you try to, you know, it's influential. Sure. You know, and you take it. Now you got a bunch of guys, you know, it's like word of mouth, but it's word of, you know, it's, it's, it's audible. You hear it, yeah, and you, yeah. you vibe with it. And, you know, just how I came up from listening to older records, they had a feel, they had yeah. a vibe, they had a tone, and that's what influenced me. Sure. Now these new, you know, these artists came out, the musicians on there, they pushed the envelope, they raised the bar. So now, to answer your question, now you have, that you this. know, this, <laughs> this spread, right? This spread, and these guys, you know, a lot of them couldn't really pick it up on their own, and they were just inspired, you know, just education, period. It has nothing to do with gospel or musicians, just, you know, as as time went on, people just became more educated. Right. You know? Right. People just became more educated, and they started going to school for music, and you know, graduating and raising the bar completely. Yeah. Completely. You but know? To circle all the way back to the, the beginning, raising it in one aspect, because I do think that there's a, still a deficiency in other aspects, you know, like, like both can't be at a hundred percent. If the whole thing's just a pie chart, you can't have this like instrumentalist thing with all the yeah. flash. You can't have that debuted and have this complete band sound almost right. simultaneously, you know, like right. if you go back to those old, those old Motown records, everybody got out of James Jamerson's way. If the drummer played as busy as Jamerson was playing, this would have never happened. You know, they all, they all kind of like parted Very true. so that he yeah. could play his thing, you know, and they, they Very let true. that exist. So there's, there wasn't room for everybody to do it. You know, that's and now true. that's that's kind of what I I guess is the feeling I'm getting is like everybody's trying to do it. Everybody's trying to be like, oh, you got that? Well, check out, I got this. Well, the song yeah. has nothing now. Like you just totally robbed from the song to get all yeah. these notes out. It's just so many. It's just so many levels of it now, though. You know, I was talking to someone maybe about a year ago, and they really opened my eyes to it because I was just explaining to how I I don't think I fit. You know, and a, a, a lot in today's sounds just because of how I'm wired. And it's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, these guys just just wired differently. Yeah. But it was sharing with me. It's just, just it's still there. Um, it's just who it all depends on the artist you're working for. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, the. You know, your, your core of people you play with and hang around yeah. because the guys are still that, that, that like that discipline and like that you know, just feel and whatever. They're there. Yeah. They're there. And they're artists that are there. But then you also have, you know, th that crew or that community may not be as hard on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they don't get, they don't get, they don't get the light, sure. you know, sure. but the ones that you were talking about, you know, they, they're, they on Instagram. Yeah. Every, you know, every day and posting and this and this and that. Right. And so that's where the popularity is. That's where, the numbers are in that area. So it all depends on where you, you know what I'm saying? Where you hang. Yeah. Like I, I turned 40 in January, uh, this last January. And I have a problem with the Instagram musician. I don't, I don't really like, I still can't wrap my head around the nature of Instagram. Obviously I know what it is, uh, yeah. but it, the whole thing seems silly to me. People posting these pictures all the time about themselves and like, yeah, <laughs> What? Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, 
Yeah. I didn't even know if my mom took that many pictures of me when I was a kid, you know, now you're doing it to yourself. What, what's going on? Uh, so I don't get that. And then that, yeah, that's a, that's a culture. That is definitely another conversation. I don't understand that aspect yeah. of it and the internet musician. I mean, even though like, sure, I'm, you know, doing a media thing right now and we're, we're talking and this will be released and all that, but it's, I don't know. I think you can you can work something up for a minute or two minutes and post it and get all this attention. But like, OK, do you know, you know, if, if you go to a gig right now and someone calls a tune, can you hang? Right. You know, like what's the the working world aspect of, of what you have? And maybe some of them have it. I'm not going to say none of them do. Uh, but even when you were just talking a second ago, like you're very sensitive to the role in the working world, not just the, the right, check right, me right. out world, you know, and Correct. I, Correct. I'm in 100% agreement. Like what's, you have to do your job. And maybe that's because I'm old and I focus on responsibility now, but you have to just do your job. Well, if I, I, I gotta say, man, I, I definitely to catch 22. Cause I, I'm not with it. Yeah. Me personally. Agreed. But I definitely understand. I definitely understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 first to go back to your point, I don't even know if some of them care. Like for instance, I'm, I'm jealous think, of that. I, think, I completely I think, agree with you, and I'm jealous of that much, <laughs> that that level of like a daring or no, shamelessness no. or whatever it is. I'm jealous of it a little bit. I'm not gonna lie that they're just like, yeah, here it is. Whether it's good or it sucks. <laughs> no, but what I mean that they don't care. You was like you you were saying if I put you on this gig and if they call out a tune, can you do it? I don't know if a lot of them care oh, if yeah. they can't. Right. They're, the fact that I can get 8,000 likes, <laughs> yeah. I don't care That's about more value. that tune, yeah. man. I'm right. getting 8,000 likes from my living room, bro. Right. <laughs> right. I don't want to play your tune. <laughs> like, they don't care, man. That's true. So That's true. It's different. It's different. Right. And like, a lot of, I think a lot of guys rather like let's 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 talk let's talk like popular numbers if a guy's getting like 10 12,000 likes they would rather do that than get on an album and it not being a single but get on a high profile album right even if it's not the single like they don't care about being on an album because they got 13,000 followers, 15,000 followers, and I'm getting 10,000 likes every time I post every day. That's yeah. enough for me. Yeah. I'm that's, okay with that. That's where they cash out. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they, don't, they don't care. So, like, you got, you got the older guys You're saying, right. You're oh, right. you know, if Instagram do this and this and that, yeah. they're like, we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm no. saying? Like, <laughs> and, you know, and then you got I the guys you that it. are really, then you got the guys that are really, and that's, that's one of the reasons why I stopped posting. I used to post, like, once a week, just coverage, just because I love to do it. Yeah. And I may start going back to do it, not because I have to or need to, just because I want to, yeah. but it's so saturated now. It becomes yeah. an underlying competition. Even if you're not comp- competing, right. it becomes one. And people, the first thing they look at is how many views did you get? Yeah. Like, I don't care, but that's how they value you. I know. And that's, and that's what's crazy that the, I, I feel bad for the younger guys now because you're valued. You, how people treat you is completely predicated on how many views they say you get when they go to your page. Yeah. If you get 200 views and you're super nice and you can like, like really good, yeah. but the other person is just sloppy, but they're getting 10,000 likes. Yeah. They're going to rock with that guy. Yeah, I know. I know. 
and then they're going to think you're a whack. Yeah, yeah. Because you have, because you, because you play, you know, the record and you're mature and your tone is good and you're yeah. clean. You're whack. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, that's the struggle. It's a struggle to become value. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's, <laughs> oof, that's a deep conversation right there. It's like where that and these is. These guys got to do it. Yeah. They got to do it to stay relevant. The young guys, because they that's they they yeah they full yeah. time they out there they you know that's it's, it's their just gig. like that's their gig they don't yeah. have the whole high profile gig so they have to stay and it's so saturated it's so many guys that are nice back back from when I was coming instead of yeah. as opposed to when I was coming up that you gotta stay top ten top fifteen of of people's feed yeah, or yeah. you out of sight out of mind right even if they only getting six hundred dollars. Every two weeks, yeah, you know, from a hundred dollar gig here, two hundred dollar gig there, it's just like, yo, I gotta keep my ten thousand lights up. Yeah, you gotta so, stay in people's face. Yeah, then I mean, that's not even. I a, understand it. A base conversation or a music conversation. That's a cultural conversation about how people uh, engage with one another, and then how they yeah. purpose value. I mean, that's. It's probably all wrapped up in an episode of Black Mirrors. What <laughs> it's probably the yeah. best way <laughs> that it's been said. Uh, that that show's dark but brilliant. I love that show. Yeah, um, these guys are hustlers, man. I love them. Yeah, I when when coming up and going through this cultural shift of that, how have you been able to um, stay centered in what your worth is as a musician and not get caught up in the internet game? Uh, my life outside of music. Yeah, I like that. It's probably more more solid than 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 the base of my head. Yeah. What's what's your life so outside of music? Do you have a family? Yeah, I have okay. a family. Beautiful six year old daughter. I have a oh, uh, son, a junior in college. Oh wow. Um, and I'm I'm family first, man. I okay. Mean, you can anybody that scroll on my page, the first thing they're gonna notice is that I'm a family man. Yeah, yeah. You know, with my daughter, like that's. That's the first, that's first and foremost. Yeah, yeah. Base comes second. Base comes second. Cool. Base comes second. Very cool. Um, and so I'm I'm very solid off the base. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm I work now. I'm not full time anymore. Yeah. I went I went into the working field years ago. Okay. You know, so if I never play another another note, I'm very 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 well taken care of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so that just makes it easy for me to to deal with all of the stuff. Right. All the stuff that just happens on the scene. Everybody. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not one of the crabs, you know, trying to, trying to scratch for it. You know, I'd rather push, you know, these guys that are phenomenal, you know, because they have to, you know, this is what they do and they live with it. I'm, I'm very comfortable pushing them and, you know, encouraging them and letting them get their light because, you know, I'm, I'm cool, man. Yeah. I appreciate you. Uh, being willing to bring that up because a lot of musicians always look at joining the working force as like this emission of failure that, mm-hmm. you know, the musician thing didn't work out or it only didn't work out because you weren't good enough. I feel like there's that subtext involved with musicians getting into the workforce. Um, you know, that's that where it's not music related or if it is, maybe it's behind a desk or it's not on stage. That if you if you're not if you're making money somewhere else, then it's this omission that you can't yeah. hang, you know. And I think yeah. 
I think that's pretty pathetic. That that idea permeates the musician culture the way it does, because that's not yeah. at all the case. Uh, right. Whether you can play or not is completely outside of what you do to make money, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's whatever. That's whatever. Yeah. Uh, what did, what did you end up getting into working force wise? Is it music related mean, or is it, is, is your no, other no, no, job? No. Okay. No, it's, com- it's compliance. Um, it's compliance in terms of real estate. Oh. Like the, li- the liaison between like attorneys and like a lot of these high profile uh, buildings that you see, like okay. I make sure that they stay in compliance. Okay. With what codes and stuff like city codes? Um, more so regulations of housing. Okay. You know, how, how they get tax credits and so forth. Okay. For allowing some, some to be, you know, housing or, you know, for, to construct a new property. Yeah. Uh, you know, making sure that they're the percentage of what they allow to be, you know, area medium incomes are all, you know, New York is very, very uh, meticulous when it comes to like all types of tax credit incentives and so forth. So sure. I make sure all that paperwork is uh, intact. Yeah. How yeah. Uh, do you like it? Um, I'm good at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good yeah. at it. It's not who I, it's not who I am. Sure. You know, it's not who I am. Um, but for me, um, you know, and this is why I still play and this is why, you know, Hezekiah Walker playing there is just, it's just great. You know, um, for me, if, if one thing was going to take a back burner, it was, it, it would be playing. Okay. You know, um, I, 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 you know, to have, the, the steady income, the type of income that I have, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's just, it just works for me. It doesn't work yeah. for everybody, yeah. you know, like if I was still with Alicia, I'd probably be fine. So like, yeah. like, like, you know, they're guys who are, who are doing it, you know, yeah. high profile. I just didn't want to be a guy that's jumping every six months to another gig. Right. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I got to a point where I didn't want that for me, for me. Yeah. For me. No, I, I completely that's understandable. Great. And then, jump into another gig and then selling your life for however long that tour goes, yeah, you're not home. I'm, you're not around. You're not, you're not connected to, you know, your family at home or your, your local community. Like that's, yeah. I never was intrigued by touring kind of because of that. Like, you know, a bass yeah. player when I was young who did some higher level gigs, I remember him telling me like touring is cool when you're on stage and you, you know, you're playing in front of all the yeah. people. And if somebody recognizes you off stage, those, that's the only part time. It's cool. Everything yeah. else you sell your life. So yeah. if you ever want to go yeah. on the road, make sure you think about that. Is this worth selling your life for? And yeah. I, I thought about that at a young age and took it to heart. And it was never something I was interested in. And, yeah. I, and it's a very touchy subject too. I mean, yeah. you'll, you'll have a whole army of guys who will argue you down, you know, on the opposite side of it. We're like, no, but you know, you're doing something you don't love and this and this and that. I love what I do and this and this. And so, I mean, I don't, I don't knock anybody's situation, anybody's hustle. My whole thing was this, and this is, this is how I say it. Yeah. Whether you're full-time music and you're doing it this way, whether you're in the workforce, my whole thing was family. Right. If you're able to hold it down comfortably, take care of family benefits, all that good stuff, and you're not you're not having to worry about this and this and this and that, 
then that's if you could take care of your family, your family's happy with what you're doing, then that's hey, go for it. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever it is. You know, mine was family first. That was my choice. Yeah. You know, and I still get to play at a level that I like to play. Right. So I, for me, I get the best of both worlds with, without having to be away from home for three or four months. Right. You know, or, you know, it's it's a doggy dog world out there, man. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. Like, you know. I, I mean, I don't know what, what the New York scene's like. You know, I know that L.A. has its own version of competition, you know, and everybody's trying to yeah. go meet the guy and shake the right hand and get on the gig and yeah. and do that thing and just landing some of the big tours until you get one. You know, my friends that have big tours, they land one, then their name's in the hat and they continue just to stay there. But years ago, like 10, 10, 12 years ago, when I was watching a lot of friends trying to get their first major tour, it was, that was their full-time job going out. Where's the MD at tonight? Okay, cool. Let, yeah. Let's stop in. Let's sit in, you know, you know, like yeah. I'm not even going to have anything alcoholic because I have to be clear headed while I'm out here. It's all a business. It's always a business card. Yeah. That just seems exhausting to me. But I, I say this though, for those that haven't done it, I encourage them to do it. It's yeah. just don't, 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 unless, unless, unless you want a major career oriented gig and just really high profile in that loop. Right. Where you're, where you're always jumping onto the next huge thing, which I have a lot of peers who are, who always stay on a major gig. Unless you're doing that, um, experience it while you can. Yeah. You know, have, but know when to jump off. Right. You know, no one, no one to jump off. Um, yeah. you know, don't, don't get stuck out there and you know, you, you're losing your manhood at the expense of being doing what, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Right. If, if, if I'm making sense, you know, yeah, I don't no, want yeah, to like, rub anybody wrong. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, uh, I, I experience know. it. I encourage all the young guys to experience it. Get out there, tour. I've done it. I did it. But, you know, just know when everybody has a different time frame. Just know when to, you know, settle down. And I, I think that's, I think that's a great perspective, man. And it reminds me of, uh, I'm into history. Like I'm, a, I'm, I'm really into history. And there's in the ancient Olympics when they would do the long jump. These guys, I heard that these guys had like weights in their hands when they would do the long jump. And so at a certain point, like they're about to jump and they would fling their arms forward, and that would give them uh -huh. more momentum. And now there's a there's a tipping point where that those things in their hands, those weights that gave them uh -huh. momentum would drag them down somewhere yeah, to jump. Yeah. So the, the technique of the long jump then was knowing when to throw those forward to lose the dead weight so that they could go wow. further. And wow. so what you were just speaking wow. of made me think of that, like knowing when to get rid of things. Um, yeah. And that man, that's a deep, that's a deep conversation too, just in life, you know, like, yeah, you're always 1, going through these different phases and knowing when to get rid of, old habits, old mindsets, people, you know, yeah. being comfortable to step into something new and not feel like a failure because, you know, the, the past didn't uh, end up turning out the way you thought it would, you know, in my yeah. experience, none of it ever turned out the way I thought it would, yeah. you know, like, like if I look back yeah. on my life, you know, since I've been playing for like the last 20, whatever years, like, no, none yeah. of it. I'm not Jocko Pastorius. So none of it turned out the way I thought it would. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I like continuity, man, too. So yeah. like if I could tour 
all the time and, you know, have these breaks, I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah. But like after the tour is over, that musician life, I don't like. Yeah. That in between. Were you trying you know, to scrounge like, up another one? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think that's important, man. I think that's important. And I'm glad you're saying all this stuff because I think it's important to know yourself that well about how the individual functions within the scene and within the machine of being a musician because it's just an yeah. industry, it's a machine. How do you function within it and what aspects of it do you want to tap into and what don't yeah. you? And it's, yeah, I think it's really important to choose your, choose your own adventure for what works for yeah. you as a person and where your personal values are and sticking to those. I'm not good enough either. <laughs> <laughs> for the in-between stuff. I need to you remember. I need a set list. <laughs> yeah, I, you, you like that? Are you are you the firstborn? Uh, no. Oh, no, really? But they think I'm the oldest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just like yeah. that, that kind of structured mentality. Like my brother, my older brother has more of that than I do. Uh, yeah. It's typically a. You come from a big family? Um, no, just have no? an older sister. Okay. No, just me. Yeah. Older sister. Yeah, she's. Uh, I'm 47. I think she's 15. She'll kill me if she hears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got an older sister who's 32. You know. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> it looks 32. Yeah, great. That's great. what they prefer. Yeah. Uh, how about your son? Is he is he getting into music at all? Nah, he was. He's a ball player, but he's um, he's majoring in the uh, like the IT area. Good like for he's him. A, he's a Good brain guy. Good for yeah, him. He's unlike his dad. He's, uh, <laughs> he's got it up top in the head. He's doing real well. And then you mentioned you were getting into some production. What kind of things are you produ- producing? I did. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Clarification. <laughs> Past tense. <laughs> that was during that. That was during that interim. I'm. I'm, yeah. I'm back on. I'm back on base, man. Sitting on a porch with a lemonade and iced tea. Nice. I'm back on base, man, and just enjoying these guys, these phenomenal guys, man. And sometimes I try to pick up what they're doing and copy it, you know. Yeah. But uh, and they try to, they still try to do what I do. I mean, I I do what I do, and I'm, you know, I'm very solid. Yeah, at that. And That's great, I'm man. Comfortable with that. Yeah, that's great, man. Hit me up when the new record comes out. We'll have you back on. I want to Absolutely. talk. I want to talk to you about it. I want to talk about the recording process. I want to talk about the nature Absolutely. of the record in general. This was a blast, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. This is a blast. Yeah, it was definitely fun. Yeah. Definitely fun. All right, dude. Stay in touch. <laughs> we'll have you back on. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Uh, all right. Thanks, Rufus. All right. Great. All right. All right. All right. That was my talk with Rufus Jackson. I love how transparent he was about joining the workforce. Um, I do think that there's a bit of a, a thing there with musicians, you know, maybe it's ego, but maybe it's not where it's, you got to earn your whole living just by playing. Um, I, I, I always find it cool when, when musicians are, are open to talk about joining the work workforce and just, you know, all you're doing is having employment somewhere else. Not a big deal. It doesn't mean you can't play. It doesn't mean, uh, that you're any kind of failure. It doesn't mean anything. It means you just decided to go earn money somewhere else. Not a big deal. Uh, 
Um, yeah, so I, I loved that he was so transparent about that. I love that he was so transparent about that. And I look forward to having him back on the show and hearing about the, the record he's doing with Hezekiah Walker. I'm also really interested to hear the record. All right, I do have some new things up at thebayshed.com. I've started the uh, Funk Funk Volume 1 group of transcriptions. I got a couple Bernard Odom uh, transcriptions and videos up there. Next is uh, one more Bernard Odom transcription. Uh, Bernard Odom was the bass player with James Brown from 1956 to 1969. Um, the next in line was Bootsy Collins in the James Brown, you know, uh, timeline of bass players so i will have some bootsy bootsy with james brown bass lines coming at you uh stop by bassshed.com check those out bootsy's not up yet uh bernard Odomus. bootsy's coming out this week so hopefully by the next podcast i will have i will have some bootsy info for you i really want bootsy on the podcast is what i want Man, how awesome would it be to have the podcast intro just with, oh, it's Bootsy, baby. <laughs> that would be the best. Um, yeah, check that out for uh, James Brown enthusiasts, funk bass players. Uh, I got some transcriptions up there and more are on the way. And stop by YouTube and subscribe to the channel there where you can get all the downloads for free of the transcriptions. That's all I got for this one, folks. And I will catch you on the next one in a minute. <laughs>